Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bet in Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Football, it might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, it's in full swing. And guess what's right around the corner, boys and girls? Baseball. And the only place you should be betting on any of these sports is at BetOnline.ag. And if you're not even into sports, don't worry. They've got you covered. You can even wager on awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Because BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And don't forget about that 24-hour online casino. So head to the website or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, only at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming into the pod. Happy Monday, everybody. Today, we are talking about a spring training preview for the Chicago Cubs. After a winter of discontent, hope springs eternals. That's why I got to bring in my two Cubs consigliere right now. Sean Graves, let's say hello to you first. Hello, Sean. Joey, my friend, how are you? It is... 40 degrees in Chicago. Nothing says spring like 40 Cubs baseball and some old styles. Let's do this. I'm loving the short shorts you're wearing right now. You look fantastic. You look fit. You look ready for the season. Here comes another guy right now. He's spending all of his hours right now working on his walk-up music for 2021 season. It's Dom Fortini. Hello, Dom. I don't even know what I'm going to use yet, but what Sean's so distracting with his shirt off right now. It is it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. He's definitely been hitting the weight bench. Yeah, give me that song. Shut up. <laughs> and on the weight bench. <laughs> putting the laundry on the weight bench. Hey, guys. And that's what we've been doing. You know, we've been doing a couple pods over the winter. They've been some angry pods, guys. I mean, I, times yes. times are turbulent, but especially down on the north side off Addison for the Chicago Cubs. Let's just open it up right here. After that long winter. We're going to go to you first, Dr. Dom Fortini. I'm going to sit on your couch for a second because after a really angry winter, all of a sudden, is it because of the spring? Is it because of the late season, you know, the late additions to this roster? I'm slowly starting to feel just a touch better about this team, maybe being competitive, maybe, you know, putting some wins up on the board. How are you feeling right now as spring is underway? Well, they're definitely going to get some wins. You could count on that because they're going to have to play teams like Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. So, you know, those, those wins are coming. Um, but I, I feel like, I mean, spring training, you got like, finally, after last year, the shortened year, you're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a train, but oh man, you look up and down this roster and it might be a train. So <laughs> I got all sorts of worries already. <laughs> well, look, yeah, we're here and we're here ready to kind of just work through how we feel emotionally and mentally right now, Sean, heading into spring training right now after a tough winter. Are the the buds on the roses and flowers starting to bloom a little bit for you, or do you have just as much concern and skepticism as you had a few months ago? I mean, first, let me just say, it's just so nice to check the Mesa forecast every day and see 70 to 74 sunny and know that baseball is back. It gets us through this long winter. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I might have to join you on a Dominic's therapy couch there because might need a little Dr. Joey prescription because it's definitely – We've got the nerves going into this season, a lot of stuff up in the air. I I, I hope and think we can be somewhat competitive because like Dom said, we're getting the Reds and Pirates and so forth. But lots and lots and lots of questions about this team for sure. Well, let's dive into those questions first, and then maybe we'll we'll walk out of here to hopefully maybe feeling a little bit better than about ourselves and our team than when we walked (laughs) in. There's a lot to pick from. The menu is a bit of a cheesecake factory right now, but if you could pick one thing, what is your biggest concern about this Cubs team right now? The bullpen. I'm holding up all sorts of notes on all sorts of hate on this bullpen. I, you know what I feel like? I feel like, you know, in the beginning of major league, when the season started and all these guys, like the, all the people are talking, like, I've never heard of these guys. And then the guy, the grounds crew guys are setting up like they're going to be shitty. Like old Stewart doesn't do it for you. The return of Ryan Tapera not getting you going right now. Like, yeah, James Norwood. How old is James Norwood? He's still on this roster. What for? Like, you gotta be kidding me. It's Wasn't just, he in all the president's men? It was. That's, <laughs> I mean, we, got, we got Keenan Thompson down there and like Manny Rodriguez. There's, I mean, not that one, but a different one, but it's like, who, how do you expect to piece together something that's not supposed to be pieced together with these pieces. This is ridiculous. It's like you get all those Lego pieces that are like the threes and you're like, I don't need a three. I need a four. We got, we got a bunch of threes on this team. 
Well, and it's also that little question of, you know, what's the definition of in, definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for the same result. Baseball bullpens sometimes defy that expectation, right? Where sometimes a guy one year can post a great number, the next year not do so great. But Sean, what's your take on this bullpen right now when you are seeing names like Ryan DePera, Pedro Strope back in the mix? Uh, you know, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Chafin, a guy that they gave a shot to at the end of the season. They brought him back a concern. That was a huge thing about this Cubs team last year that really hurt them early on in the season. Yeah. We had no money for Johnny Lesta, but we had, you know, almost three mil for Andrew Chafin. You know, it's, it's the mustache. I'm sure. Sweet stuff. I mean, I, th- I think you both made great points. I think Dom's spot on. It feels a lot like we're just throwing shit against the wall right now, hoping something sticks. And I think, Joey, you're spot on. This is a definition of insanity because it feels like this has been our bullpen, you know, kind of way we do this for, what, two, three, four years in a row now. Let's just bring in a huge bulk of arms on minor league deals, on a million dollar deals, and hope and pray that one or two of them figure it out. I just don't know that's the way to go about this. I mean, eventually you've got to bring in some solid arms. You know, a guy like Jeremy Jeffers from last year, maybe he was due for a regress, but he also was your best guy in the bullpen last year. You didn't even want to, I mean, he's now playing for the, for the Washington Cubs East, right. On a minor league deal. You didn't want to bring him back on a minor league deal and just see if the guy catches lightning in a bottle two years in a row. So I, I I don't know. It's a lot of retreads. A lot of guys are minor league deals. We can literally throw darts right now, you know, besides Craig Kimbrell and Rowan Wick of who's actually going to be in this bullpen opening day. And even if Craig Kimbrell comes back and let's just say he is the guy that everyone thought he was going to be when we signed him, now you still got to get through that sixth, seventh, eighth inning. We talked a lot about it in the winter, so let's kind of maybe touch on it now. When you're looking at this team, you're asking yourself, you know, why are we trading you, Darvish? Why are we not spending money on guys like John Lester or even like reinforcements to the team? And then over the last month or so, we've seen some moderate signings from the Jacques Peterson to the Jake Arrieta, you know, on and so forth. And so. Dom, you know, how is this going to bite this team in the ass at some point where they just never seem to have any consistent plan of how they wanted to go about their budget, where it seemed like they didn't have money, then all of a sudden they did have money. Is it a little too little, too late? And where does this put this team in position just moving forward? Or is this all setting itself up to be seismic change somewhere in between in the middle of the season? Yeah, I mean, I I think they got guys that, A, nobody really cares about or is passionate about i mean jack peterson nice get but i mean is he lighting a stove no like i mean they they needed an outfielder and he fills a hole is he is he the greatest outfielder there ever was no well well, let me let me interject real quick can he be an upgrade over kyle schwarber i mean they both have championships so i can't even like slide it at that but i mean he's not somebody I personally am, am super excited and maybe just because he hung out on the West coast and it's not like we got to see a lot of them until, you know, the Dodgers made the playoffs, but I mean, that's not electric to me. I mean, Jake Arietta, that's a great signing for all the fans and it might be a great fourth starter, but um, this is like, we're going to come crashing down to reality. Like Jake's going to come out in that first appearance. Crowd's going to go crazy. They're going to be happy to see him. And then he's going to either walk the bases loaded right away, or he's going to give up seven runs in three innings. And folks are just going to have to remember that this is not, this is formerly the the two no hitter, Jake Arrieta. He that's not Jake Arrieta is not walking in that door. I'm just going to say it right there. And I love Jake Arrieta. I want him to succeed. He's just not what he used to be. I love Jake too as well. My biggest fear is, yeah, like you said, four and two thirds innings, two runs given up, but 84 pitches got to yank them. And, you know, maybe it doesn't hurt the ERA a whole lot, but it just kind of puts the team in a real bind. I will say as a gentleman who lives in California, get an opportunity to watch the, the Jacques Peterson, the Jacques um, on the regular. I personally think that he is an upgrade in many different ways. Upgrade. Number one, he has more speed upgrade. Number two, he can play left field and he can play center field that that versatility in itself, because I'm not a huge fan of Ian Happ in center field. I do think that we should be trying to give him some days off everyday center fielder scares me in terms of Ian Happ. And then also the guy hits hot streaks hotter and a little bit longer than Kyle Schwarber does, at least from what we've seen over the past couple of seasons. I get it. All the numbers when they crunch down and look and, and spit out, they all look the exact same. I just think he'll give a little bit of a different dimension. And then on top of it, 
I want to become Jacques Peterson's biggest fan this year because I want the dude to be hot as a as a, hot as a fire so that we can trade him. We're typically, you know, if this was Kyle Schwarber trading him at the deadline, it would come with all that that sadness and that lament that we would normally have, have as Cubs fans. Sean, you know, what's your take on Jacques Peterson? It does feel like it's kind of switching guys in and out, but, you know, could it be an upgrade? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a major upgrade, but I think it is slightly because you, you, you were spot on with defense. I mean, having him in left and Jay Hay in right definitely helps out half in center. I mean, so he's definitely upgrade over Schwarber out there. The speed thing is spot on too. I, you know, I think my one thing with Peterson is, is yes, he hits good pitching, but he hits good right-handed pitching. I think I saw a stat where he's only had what 127 ABs against lefties the last three years. And yet he was told by the Cubs, he would be an everyday player, which is why he chose us. So are the Cubs going to stick to that? Is David Ross going to run him out there for all of May, even if he's a 0 for 4 walking every time we face a lefty? So that's my one thing. I, I mean, look, the guy doesn't have to hit 300 against lefties, but can you go out there on, on those days and be 225, 230, and then be a hot hitter against the righties? If that's that's the case, he's got Schwarber's power on top of everything else we just mentioned. It could definitely be an upgrade. And for whatever reason, you know, whether you like this or not, I think they're going to be leaning on Cameron Maben a lot yes. more than we probably realize right now. I also didn't know that Matt Duffy was on the team. I thought that was kind of a, a semi-interesting signing. I don't know if that's Chris Bryan insurance in case they move him on, but uh, you know, those are two fringe fringe veteran guys, journeymen, dudes that have bounced around a bunch of different teams that I think are going to be contributors on this Cubs team, and we just kind of aren't really realizing it yet at this point. Well, and is there any chance that we get, you know, we get that surprise spring training player? Like I saw Brennan Davis just got invited to big league camp. Like, I don't think so. I think he starts in the minors somewhere, double, triple A. But you never know, right? I mean, this this is a team that's built for opportunity right now. If you have a guy that comes out and just rakes for a month straight, is you know, do we have a spring training surprise as well pop up? Well, and we're the type of team where, gosh, we could really use it. Yeah. We could really use that kind of Joel to do that kind of comes out of nowhere. You know, I remember like a guy like Corey Patterson was a really highly touted prospect, but he had a great spring. And I think he maybe like kind of jumped into the starting lineup and he was a leadoff hitter for us a little bit early on than anyone else thought expected. And it kind of gave us a little bit of a boost. Speaking of spring training, just to get off the field real quick. Just want to ask you guys this question. You know, the pitchers right now, they're getting their pitch counts up. They're getting all stretched out. They're playing long toss. Hitters getting cuts in the cage, getting their timing down, seeing some pitches. It's all traditions and rituals right now. So, Dom, we're going to go to you first, my friend. Do you have any spring training rituals, traditions? Is there anything that before the season starts, you personally find yourself doing just before, just to get yourself ready for that 162 grind? Well, I always make sure the Alfonseca jersey is nice and clean, just in case. That's uh, when, once once Jed calls, that's what I'm wearing going you, out there. You so, press it line by yeah, line. I mean, like. We'll take it out of the case and you know smell it, uh, make sure it's okay. Um, stretch, that's always good. But it's just oh my gosh, it's just so nice to see. I mean, even this last this last week was pretty nice here in the Midwest, but uh, the weeks before that was just it's so it's so cold, and you're just thinking like I just just give me those, you know, the eight second news clips of people playing catch. And that's, and that's more than enough. Cause you're just like, okay, I know it's the first week of February, but here's what's coming down the pike. So <laughs> it, it's just nice to see those guys and, you know, all, all the smiling faces and, and all the, all the token cliches they drop, you know, we're just happy to be back and happy to be on the field and we're gonna keep it safe. And you're just like, God, have I missed this? <laughs> you know, Dom, they got a great group of guys. We got a great group of guys. <laughs> Fun to be around. Great manager. And uh, God willing, we'll put us in a position to win. Uh, Dom, if there was one movie to get you in the baseball spirit uh, that you would maybe watch like the night before opening day, do you, what, what movie would probably that be? Well, we watch uh, twice a year. The uh, the World Series Game Seven gets watched in this house, and it's the night before the season, and it's uh, uh, of course on the anniversary. Um, but Field of Dreams, I, I, I like watching Field of Dreams. It's so good, it's so refreshing. Uh, James Earl Jones, you drop a speech, and you're just like, God, geez, course. <laughs> Plus, I've been there, and it's awesome. It, like, you gotta go. It's so much fun. Yeah, falling asleep on opening day eve to baseball is that's a pretty <laughs> yeah. good that's a pretty good way to go. Uh, Sean, do you got any traditions, any rituals, something that you like to do, eat, watch that kind of just says, hey, you know, this is baseball season. I'm ready to roll. I mean, you know, I'm kind of in the same line of Dom. I think my traditions more lean towards opening day where like I have to watch my like 
you know, the, the Cubs World Series DVD that I bought, like right after they won, MLB produced, watched that the night before. I love watching Major League because Major League is literally built for opening day, right? But spring training is just, spring training is just awesome because all of a sudden, again, we have content every day. You have all the, the Jesse Rogers and the, and the Bastions and all these guys out there covering, you know, and we get a chance to talk about this and go through players. And it really is, you know, hearing those, those fun cliches, you know, uh, you know, David, you know, what do you think about KB Risen Baez this year? And you get the answer of like, well, you know, I think if they get their normal five or 600 Bs and you look at the back of the baseball card and we just train a little bit harder, I think we're going to be just fine this year. And I'm like, there it is. The baseball cliche is back. There's the pop of the mitt. Yes. Well, you know, Sean, every team starts in first place uh, to every start the season. And, uh, you know, you just want to get out the gate, but just remember it's a long road, but you want to get off to a good start. Like it's that it's double time. It's a talk. marathon, not a sprint, yada, yada, yeah. <laughs> but you want to play each day. You want to play each day to win. And, one uh, game at a time. One game, yeah, exactly. Take it one game at a time. And, yeah, I, I tell you, I've been in California now for about 11 years. And, you know, watching opening day in Chicago, even if it is probably, what, 45 degrees with a chance of scattered shower showers throughout the afternoon, I still just kind of watch it on the TV and I'm just kind of thinking in my head, like what bar is Sean at right now? You know what I mean? Or like, what's, what's, what's Dom doing for Chicagoans, you know, opening days, a really special time. Like, you know, you're not just, I mean, you're going after it early. You're going after it in the afternoon and you're going after it late. It's a one twenty start. There's no, you have no choice, but to get early. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole like four, four forty five nap, uh, that's for the summer. That's for the summertime, guys. We're not doing that on opening day. We're having ourselves a really great day. And, uh, yeah, it's so funny that it's such a big event for something that is such a long season. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you could feel a little perfunctory if it's 162 games, but that opening day is so special as we get a little bit closer. Let's bring it back on the field real quick. Sean, you're going to go first. We talked about it last year. <laughs> we had a nice long conversation about this, about, you know, who is this offense? What is this offense? What is this offense capable of? Are teams and fans sleeping on the capabilities of this Chicago Cubs offense, or is this offense still asleep until further notice? Well, you know, as one does when they're laying in bed at night trying to sleep and pondering the different lineups that, you know, could be thrown out there, lefty matchup, righty matchup. I I guess I'm probably going to get a little bit David Ross here and say that the potential is there. It's there every year. When you look at the lineup that we put out there for these guys to do damage. Now it's hard for me to just, you know, you hear guys say like KB yesterday, it's pretty easy for me to just flush last year and move on. I'm like, okay, but what about 2019? Are we flushing that year as well? Are we flushing the second half of 2018? Are we going to stay healthy? I mean, isn't that kind of the big thing? Like who's going to stay healthy? who's going to take a step forward. And it, what scares me is that we have so many different guys in our everyday lineup that we're asking that question about who's going to take a step forward. Is Javi going to bounce back? Is KB going to bounce back? Is Riz going to bounce back? Is Jay Hay going to do what he did last year in a month and a half span? Is Ian Happ going to be what he was in July, August last year versus what he was in September? So the potential is there. Will it happen? I just, I, I don't know. It's hard to have faith after what we've seen for three years now. Yeah, Dom, your take on the offense, and let me phrase it to you like this. Is it a question of this lineup needs to stay healthy or it's more of a production thing for you right now? Well, it's just building off of what Sean said. It's almost like it's not like who's going to step up. It's actually like who's going to be here because if, if they're getting all these medium signings and you know if they're not in a race by two weeks after the All-Star break, then this lineup is going to be totally different than it is on opening day. Um it's it's funny again going into spring training with all this optimism you're reading articles like nico horner's new stance and how that's going to generate more power you're just like yeah i bet it will generate more power for sure nico's gonna have a great year and he's, he might have a good first week again who knows like nico's but, new stance yeah. it was a fantastic you know, i'm all over it like oh nico's been hitting the weight room that's yeah so have i big deal like that doesn't mean i'm gonna drive the ball further um but you know, offensively, we've seen the struggles. We've seen what's been the Achilles heel. Um, the pitching's not going to be as good this year, but the hitting, you, you at least, if you can show some sort of progress with on-base percentage and, and you know, if, if you're lacking the big hit, that's one thing. But you got to get guys on to get the big hit. Got to get them on to get them over. Um, it's hitting is, is hitting's part of the game. Going to have to hit. Got to score runs. Got to put runs on the board. Win the game. 
And we've got two guys in our lineup that specifically last year, I feel like Rizzo and Baez are two typically slow starters. The shortened part of the schedule might have kind of gotten to them a little bit. And everyone, all of our dudes put up terrible, terrible seasons, perhaps their worst season, even in a short sample size. I I can't wait to do it again this year, guys. I got to tell you, we did this last year. And this is what I love having this podcast, because now you get to kind of like look back at what you said in the past. And I just like, I can't wait to say it again. Like this team, this core, Bryant, Rizzo, Bias, Contreras have never been healthy together at the exact same time for 50, 60 straight games in a row. We have not seen it once during this particular run with this group of players. Someone's always getting hurt. Now, last year we didn't have Chris Bryant, but the rest of those guys were healthy the whole time and they didn't do shit. So you know, I can't wait to like pull that out again as one of my other keys to the spring training is can this core just stick together and put it all together? And I don't know. I'm feeling like if it's a if it's a zigging situation, maybe it's the zag where right now we're all counting them out. And what if they all actually do bounce back? You know, what if Anthony Rizzo becomes the 290, 25 to 30 home run hitter again? What if Javi Baez hits 280 and touches close to 30 home runs. What if Chris Bryant's OPS is over 900 again? What if Wilson Contreras is vying to set a career high in home runs and RBIs? These are all very possible things, but we're at a point now, rightfully so, where I think there's enough skepticism to see, hey, you got to prove it to us now. This is a wait and see thing with this Cubs team. Guys often perform pretty well in contract years. Half our team isn't a. I mean, you, the great not, point, not just, dude. Not 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 just like a Jock Peterson. You're talking Riz, KB, Javi. Half the damn team is in a contract year. So you've got whether it's us paying you or somebody else, you've got all the reason in the world to go out there, play through some some pain, be on the field 150 games, put up numbers so you get paid for you and your family and your career going forward. Now, again, will that happen? I don't know because this team is so funny in the sense that on top of like not seeing those guys healthy, it's hard for me to think, when have we seen those four guys or three of those four guys or even two of them get hot at the same time and carry the lineup? We've seen them all be cold at the same time, but we've never, that I can really recall in the last couple of years, like seeing KB and Riz just both hitting 400 for a week. KB and Javi both hitting 400 for a week, picking up the rest of that lineup. And it'd be nice to see that on top of them staying healthy and in them playing well in the contract year. And it's such a great point that you're bringing up because it just, that's when the Cubs fans fires really start burning inside me of like, what if that just happened? We've won yeah. so many games over these past five or six years. And I'm with you that there really hasn't been a concentrated stretch where that type of baseball has happened, where I think maybe Rizzo and Baez have gotten hot at the same time, but never this collection of this core group of, you know, yep. the middle of our order hitters. And as you mentioned, yeah, everyone's on a contract. Everyone's on a free agent year. Dom, you know what the good news is? You know who doesn't have to worry about this year? Jason Hayward. Thank uh, goodness. I say me, but uh, Hayward, for sure. He's still got, what, nine years left on that deal? He's sitting pretty right now. Him and Seabrook, a race to see who can stay on He's a team the, uh, longest. Hayward's on the Cliff Floyd contract, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Tatis is like, I'm coming for you. And Jason yeah. Hayward's like, yeah, it's, it's going to take you a while. Bill, just again, building on what Sean said about guys getting hot at the same time, it's it's pretty easy to pitch around one guy in the lineup. Like, you know, if somebody's behind you, not doing well, this guy's hot, guess what? I'm going to put you on. If you've got two or three guys who are just consistently raking and you're making a tough go around in your part of the order, that's going to benefit everybody else in the order. That's going to benefit the team. And like you say, you have half the team, literally half the lineup. That's four guys out of let's just say eight, not counting, you know, I'm not discounting pitchers, but that's, it's, it's four guys and everybody else is pretty much auditioning for either, you know, 2023 pending the labor stoppage or are they going to be around? Are they going to be part of the rebuild? Is this, oh, that hurts to say, or are, are they auditioning for somebody else? Let's take a quick break and have a brief moment to talk about our new sponsor, eBay, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for at eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to cop the best pair you've been eyeing with eBay's authentic 
authenticity guarantee your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of what did I say? Authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Now back to the pod. Let's cover a couple of wait and see news and notes here. There's a couple things to keep an eye on as the Cubs go through spring training this season. Let's start first with, I read something yesterday. Again, I live in Los Angeles. So give me this down on the pulse Chicago perspective. I read an article that Chris Bryan is open to an extension to stay with the Chicago Cubs. I'm just going to leave it at that. Sean, you're going to go first. What's your take on that news? First and foremost, what else is he going to say, right? Like, nah, I'm over it. Time to go somewhere else. But <laughs> is, 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 this, is this KB finally realizing, oh, shit, I've, over, I've overplayed my hand. I he, has screwed, he has screwed himself so I, badly on yeah, this. I, I haven't stayed on the field. I'm not getting 10 years at $300 million right now, right? Like, I don't even know. Like, it's hard for me after the last few years. I don't even really know what a realistic – KB extension would look like is it six years at 150 is it still eight years at 240 I really don't know to me he is not he is not proven to be a 25 30 million dollar a year player after the last couple of years well what did George Springer just get he got 160 right and so George they, Springer right? by and large has been more healthy more productive yeah. perhaps more of a decorated offensive yeah. player the last two or three seasons than Chris Bryant has so if that's your starting point you know, Chris is not even not even going to whiff two hundred million dollars, and I think you'd be lucky to maybe get that one forty, one fifty, and combine it with what he's already made with the Cubs, and maybe you'd be like, oh, I did kind of get to close to two hundred million. You know, or, or or does he say, okay, look, I'm still relatively young. Do I just take? Do I tell the Cubs, hey, give me give me three years at seventy five mil, and I'll go back on the market for three years and see if I if I play well the next three years, I stay on the field. I go back on the market and I can know I can still probably get another three to five year deal at a buck to buck 50 and ultimately end up at eight two forty. I mean, I, you know, what's the thinking there where him and again, Scott Boris too, what's Scott Boris going to let him do? Well, and how many games does Chris Bryan have to play in a row without an injury or some sort of nagging? Yeah. I hurt my knee in a batting practice, you know, situation where yeah. he goes, I am willing to bet, bet on myself like that. Yeah. I mean, it just more of the same in, in terms of cliches. I mean, he, of course, he's going to come out and praise his teammates and praise Jed. Meanwhile, he, you know, he could be calling home being like, this is the, this reporter asked me this question. You want me to fire off an honest truth? <laughs> like he's not going to do that whether he believes it or not i mean I, I think that's just a smart move i mean we could all learn something from belichick and not say a darn thing and then you know let just people think what they want i almost think okay so again not holding a bake sale for somebody 39 million dollars of career earnings for chris bryant whether he's been injured or not mm -hmm. if he has a medium year he doesn't get a huge contract chris bryant doesn't come off as the guy who really cares i mean maybe maybe javi is more selfish in terms of that but I, I don't feel like, I mean, if Chris Bryant just walked away from the game, I, would I be surprised? Cause I feel like he's in more of the prime of his career. Sure. But he doesn't seem like a player who he might make a bold move and be like, you know what, I'm going to do something different and, and, and walk. But um, yeah, he's got to come out and say everything right so far. Cub fans are going to love him anyway. He's never going to pick up a check in this town. Um, he's always going to be loved. He's always going to be part of Brizzo. Hopefully I personally, in my heart, don't think he's going to be re-signed, but, you know, maybe he feels differently. Maybe he feels like, yeah, 15 million a year for a couple of years. I can, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. You're bringing up a really good point. And to be very fair with Chris Bryant, because we're talking about him as a player, like he's controlling all this, his agent is Scott Boris. And for those that aren't overly familiar with Scott Boris, basically what happens is when you sign with Scott Boris, you are signing up, not just to have him as your agent, but signing up for his plan. And his plan and his system is he always, always takes his players into free agency. He never negotiates within contract to get an extension, and he always tries to get the top dollar on the open market. And by signing with him, you are basically saying, I agree with that premise and what I'm going to be doing moving forward. Now, but that's Boris's job. That's, I mean, that's his no, yeah, job. And totally. And so what I would say to Cubs fans is, as of right now, yeah, sure, he wants an extension with the Cubs. Yeah, sure, great. Until Chris Bryant changes agents, 
I probably yeah. would probably put it at a very small percentage that he would be interested in resigning with the Cubs. But personally, I want to hear your thoughts on this, Sean, because we're all maybe kind of talking about the same thing. If I was Chris Bryant, I would totally do a five-year, let's just call it maybe five-year, 110, maybe 120. Five-year, 110, 120. The first two years are front-loaded. And after that, you get an opt-out. Yeah. So the Cubs can either get out of that. The Cubs and Chris Bryant get out of that contract, and he can renegotiate, maybe hit the open market, maybe hit a big one more time. Or if he wants to stick around, he's got three more years, which becomes very more cost-friendly and cost-effective for the Cubs moving forward. I think sort of everybody wins. It gives him an out. It gives him more money now. It gives the Cubs less money to worry about later, and then they can decide if they want to continue the relationship. Yeah, I know. I think you're correct. And, you know, and I think the other side of like yesterday is, you know, you kind of wonder if, if Chris Bryant isn't seeing the writing on the wall a little bit, right? He knows that him, Rizzo, and Baez all need extensions. And he's heard, I mean, Jet Hoyer has come out and said, obviously, we'd love to have them all, but that's probably not possible. I mean, unless they all take major pay cuts, right? And I think KB's looking at, looking at the writing on the wall saying, well, wait a minute, Rizzo, Javi, me, I'm probably the odd man out. And the grass isn't always greener, right? Maybe no one else out there is going to be willing to give him as much money as the Cubs would on a per per year average. If you take all that into mind, he might be more, you know, acceptable to saying, yes, okay, I'll take the contract Joey just mentioned. I'll take five years, opt out after two or three, front loaded. That way I still get my $120, $150 million. Otherwise, I might be stuck playing for a team I don't want to really be in because the Dodgers ain't paying me now. The Padres ain't paying me now. Maybe, I mean, hell, maybe I'll go play with, you know, the Nationals next year, but I, I think he's seeing the writing on the wall, realizing how good he has it in Chicago, and maybe he has to start bringing down those expectations and being opening the kind of contract that you said. And if you're well, looking in terms of that, that $110 million over five years, that's still $20 million a year. Is he a $20 million a year player? I was, that, just, I was just about to ask you that question because what a lot, a lot of Cubs fans, we keep talking about Chris Bryant leaving and the money that he has and hasn't gotten yet. But we are forgetting to ask ourselves the question, Dom, is Chris Bryant worth $25 million a year to you? If you were just to look at last year, no. If you were to look at, like Sean said earlier, the last two or three years, probably not. You're paying him kind of on expectation. Um, yeah. We're paying and, him on legacy. And yeah, yeah the, and the, something that the we've cost seen. cost of a championship. Right. Yeah. This is something that we've and, seen and, the, and something that we hope that we see again. Yeah. And the Cubs are probably the only team willing to do that, right? To pay him on what he's done and expectation. I can't see another team being like, well, we know you were great for the Cubs five years ago. Here's $30 million a year. The only team that I can see is the uh, the Angels because the Angels throw uh, around wait, stupid yeah. money. They love big names. It's Joe Cubs Madden. West. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Now they have this Justin Upton iron. money. This Justin Upton money is like completely could also throw a real wrench in that. But I could easily see them going out and spending money, yeah. giving Chris what he wants. And let me tell you something right now, he'll be miserable. <laughs> he'll be miserable out there. I mean, he'll be rich, but you know, whatever. It's still the it's still the Angels. Uh, another news, another, another news and notes. Something to keep an eye on that I've been thinking about throughout spring training. Uh, Jock Peterson, Ian Happ at leadoff. Do you have a preference at this point? I think we can all agree that we do not want to see KB, Rizzo, any of the big boys there hitting leadoff. But it looks like it's probably going to come down to Jock Peterson and Ian Happ again. Which do you prefer right now? Well, first, I mean, it's a damn shame we're not going to get the Schwarber at leadoff for year three, right? We all we all <laughs> love that, right? Thuggish, um, thuggish bone. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think just based off what he did last year, I would, and, and, you know, knowing how David Ross loves his players, I would kind of assume and lean towards Ian Happ is going to be your leadoff hitter. Because, I mean, him and Peterson are kind of the same thing, right? They're both better from the left side of the plate. So I would kind of imagine that Ian Happ's going to be your leadoff hitter starting out. And then maybe on days where you want to give Happ a blow, or if he just completely shits the bed the first couple of weeks, maybe you would make the change. But I would assume it's going to be Happ starting off. Because I would think whoever does not out of those two would probably hit fifth in the lineup moving forward. I say play the hot hand. You could say Happ earned it from last year. Is it, I mean, overall, if you were to ask me who's probably a better player, Jock Peterson or uh, Ian Happ, I'd probably take Peterson over that it, and really for no reason. But I mean, you got Happ as a switch hitter, put him somewhere where he's useful. 
you know, keep teams with the, with the right left as much as you can just to annoy the other manager, annoy the other pitching staff, see what you can do to upset things. Maybe not necessarily that first time through the lineup, but that second and third time uh, that alternating things are really going to pay off. I'm going to miss the greatest leadoff hitter in Cubs history, Anthony Rizzo, uh, at the top of the order, but uh, he's probably more suited to hit third anyway. He'll still show up. Trust me. (laughs) He'll still beg to be hit. That doesn't mean you put him there. This is still the Cubs offense. They're going to have those two or three weeks where they're just going the wrong way. And David Ross, he's going to, he's going to pull that parachute and Rizzo will be back up there with the Taylor Swift bumping. Don't worry, buddy. I was also going to say, I have no information on this, but this is one of those instincts that, you know, you have from time to time. Let's just keep an eye on how Dexter Fowler does in spring training. And let's just make sure he makes a team, a major league roster to start the year, because if he does not, I guarantee you that we will come a calling and the Fowler howlers. Now, all of a sudden, I think he went to Anaheim actually, and they have a, they have a crowded outfield. So that's not a, that's not a slam dunk thing. You know, they got Joe Adele, they got Justin Upton, they got other guys out there. So if he doesn't maybe make that roster, he he could be coming back. He could be coming back a little bit quicker than we might possibly imagine. Just was kind of looking at the schedule to start off the year. I see a lot of interdivision stuff. I see the pirates twice. I see the reds in there. I see the brewers in there. To me, it looks like a bit of a favorable schedule where I'm not going to say that we can come out like gangbusters and start, you know, playing amazing baseball, but it does look like we can have a plus 500 month of the season. You know, Sean, do you think a favorable schedule to start off can really be kind of a nice balm between the skepticism the Cubs fans have, the collection that the team is right now? If they can kind of get off to a good start, these Cubs fans can get behind this team. Well, I mean, I'll say this they better get off to a good start. I mean, you hear the skepticism we all have already after the off season of all the nonsense we've been talking about, if they get off to a bad start, you can see this thing unravel real quick. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think we get a lot of the brewers, like, like don't we get the brewers twice in the first like week and a half, 10 days, yeah. two weeks, something like that. I mean, start off with the you pirates, know. you move to the brewers, you get the pirates again. So the first two weeks could it's, be a cakewalk. It really, um. <laughs> I mean, you know, it really depends. I mean, it really like it really depends on what you think of the rest of the division, right? Like if you think the pirates are going to be garbage, you should win those. If you think the Brewers are going to be, you know, I mean, and, you know, and we'll, we'll talk predictions later, like you said, but if they're going to be winning the division, that might be a little tougher because they always pitch well against us for whatever reason. We can't, we can't touch the Brewers pitching for whatever reason. So, I mean, I just think that they better get off to a fast start. The schedule is there for that to happen and they better do that. And it's another situation where what happened last year, you know, they got off to what that 13 and three start and they yeah. literally lived off of that for the next yeah. 60 games into the playoffs of course, you got another 100 after that this season. But still, though, if you get off to that kind of hot start, you can sort of tread water a little bit and get deeper into the season. Dom, what's your take on this early season schedule? Yeah, you're totally right. You can certainly fool people depending on how the first two weeks of your month goes. Um, you know, once you get the Pirates twice, the Brewers are twice, but then you start moving to the Braves and Mets twice. You end up with the Reds at the end of that month. It, it, I mean, unless you're getting those easy wins or what you think are going to be easy wins and maybe scatter some in against the Brewers and Mets and Braves, which, you know, Braves are going to be tough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Mets, depending on who's throwing, depending on how fast they start, screwing themselves and it's like getting injured baseball. yeah <laughs> i mean it's so fun to like watch all those signings and have all those guys in a great mood and you're just thinking like seriously bro call me in june let me know how that's working out for you yep. um but again like you said in, in a shortened season in that 60 game season you had to get off to that good start and then and then you know just clawing hanging through and barely just by the skin of their teeth last week just making it into the playoffs that in that great start at the beginning kept them in the playoffs i want to say it's less important because you have more games to make up after that amount of time in the first month than you did last year um but anytime you can start off and make other teams think that you're a good team if you're not a good team can only help you yeah and to sean's point to kind of stave off a very very agitated fan base to get off to a good start and then to stay afloat and then we kind of get into June, you know, we get a little bit closer to July July, and there's still over 500. It just puts everything kind of into a little bit of a rosier perspective. Dom, go ahead. How soon does the fan base turn on jet? If things don't go great uh, in the first part of the season, that's a great question. Sean, go first. I I, I don't think it's going to be a turn on jet. I think it's going to be a continuation of what we've already started to see the off season. It's the turn on the Ricketts family. I mean, how many, how many times have you already read? 
they need to sell the, this is the family that won a world series in Chicago <laughs> four and a half years ago. And people this off season have already started to scream. Well, if you don't want to spend money for the third year in a row, sell the damn team. So I think it will be more, I think, I think Jed will get a bit of a leash because he doesn't control the budget, right? That's Crane Kenny. And that's the Ricketts family. I think it would be them that gets the, the fire and brimstone first. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, for in terms of the Ricketts, like Gordon Whitmire is my spirit animal. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. he, he literally is just saying everything that I believe as a Cubs fan. And there is betrayal is a strong word, but we're on a podcast, so we're going to use it. No, but, you know, I do feel like that we were we were not promised something, but we were set up in a certain way. It all happened so fast. It was so beautiful and magical and epic. And then now it's just a matter of kind of just maintaining and having that sort of grow out a little bit. Now we'll look back years later and look at some of these guys and be like, man, what went wrong? You know, from the Addison Russell to Kyle Schwarber not working out to a lot of different things. But the fact that the team, the owner never really tried to fortify that. And this has been going on for multiple seasons now. And it's out there in the timeline that all, we didn't have money. And then all of a sudden we did have money. And John Lester, one of the favorite, most popular Cubs of this era, was right in the middle of that. And Cubs yeah. fans are going to have a hard time getting around it. So I'm with, I'm with you, Sean. I'm personally, I'm not going to turn on Jed for a while. And by a while, I mean a thousand percent not this season, probably not the season after that, and maybe a couple years down the road. But I'm sure is ready to throw um, as many uh, criticisms at the Ricketts family and the way yes. that they've handled not just how they bitch and moan about the money that they put into the neighborhood about the arrogance that they think that we should be grateful that they're around. I mean, guess what? Wrigleyville existed before you guys, Ricketts yep. family Cubs fandom. We built this thing before you guys even showed up. So don't make it think like all of a sudden we should be so lucky because we can now play catch outside of the ballpark. Right. I mean, is that fair well, to say yeah, it is? And, and to, you know, and to make it even bigger spring training starts Monday. I can't watch the game. I don't have marquee. Wow. Have to have to have the city. Like, unless you want to sign up for Comcast, like I, you know, I, I switched providers last year to go to Hulu to get it. The day the season was over, Hulu dropped it the next day. So Hulu doesn't have it. YouTube TV doesn't have it. So it's like half, it's going to be the same thing as in LA where half the fans can't get Dodgers games. Like, so they foobar this marquee thing so far on top of not putting money into the team on the field because they wanted to buy up the entire neighborhood, which as a Cub fan, like you just said, Wrigleyville was there before them. We didn't need you to come in and turn, turn it into Ricketsville. It was great as it was. Just be the owners of the Cubs. Yeah, just enhance the experience. Don't make it seem like that yeah. you're creating something that was already yeah. that was already there. In terms of marquee, man, that's really tough. And obviously, rich businessman says, well, that's the sign of the times. It's the way that modern the way that modern, uh, you know, dissemination of our product is going to go out. Okay, that's fine. But you also have to recognize and acknowledge that the Cubs is a very unique entity where it is a fundamental fact that WGN, the reason why the Cubs stretch yep. across not just Illinois and not just the Cook County zip code, it goes to multiple states because WGN was a national TV broadcast in their games. And if you're going to make this switch like that, you would maybe think that you would have a little bit more you know, a little bit more of a sensitivity in terms of that switch to try and make it a little more yes. amenable. Let's go to Marquee Network uh, man himself, Dom Fortini, who owns the package, loves the package. Uh, what would you say to what we're talking about right now? I would say, Sean, if you want to mask up, you are more than welcome to come by anytime you like. And he he windexes his I windows every day, so you can see perfectly right through those those beautiful Belco windows. I wait in the front window like, I hope someone comes over to watch Marquee with me today. Um, <laughs> I, I, I Actually, I had the same uh, one of my one of my neighbors was asking the same thing, like, hey, where are you watching the games this year? He's a very passionate Cubs fan. He I, he was deeply saddened over the loss of Almora, which I was like, mm, OK, that's a deep um, Cubs fan. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got their favorite. He's, you know, he's not a Matt Merton or Alfonso. Never forget so Miguel we'll, Montero. Never forget. We'll, we'll hey. get there. Hey, that was his thing. Like, hey, I, I had Hulu TV and they dropped him and now I got nothing. So I was like, listen, I, this is a great deal over here. I only pay $9 extra a month to get this great channel that reruns stuff all the time. However, between the months of March and October, I mean, I watch that more than the Simpsons channel in those months. And for, for me to say that's that, saying a lot, that's, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it hits my heart, you know, it's a big <laughs> statement. <laughs> so, 
when this, even before this was an idea, there were like four or five teams in the league that you could say could have their own channel, could sustain their own network all year long with either old games or their own programming. And the Cubs were on that list. And you knew as a Cubs fan that if it ever came to fruition that you were going to have to pay for it and we are and we sit here surprised like oh i can't believe we got to pay for it but it's not it's not it's not the pay for it's not the pay for it tom it's the it's the provider it's the provider access it's the way that they yeah like can't just get it on every single whatever it is spectrum comcast whatever it is for you guys out there that's my thing it's like i don't i don't mind paying the extra money but i don't want to be forced to have to change my entire tv viewership just to get one channel right yeah, like think about this in LA. Spectrum only has the Dodgers. It does yeah. not have the Lakers. DirecTV and all the other providers out here do have the Lakers, do not have the Dodgers. You gotta have both if packages. If you're an Angelino and you're de- you have to deal between the Dodgers and the Lakers, it's bullshit, man. <laughs> it's just really tough. It's really bullshit. And you know, it just all seems to what seems to be coming to fruition is Dom waking up one morning, getting a nice cup of coffee, opening up the curtains. And his whole backyard is, yeah, Sean barbecuing. Uh, <laughs> Roger shaking a drink. Yeah, we've, got a go co- we've got a Go Cubs Go cover band out there setting up Waving shop. Waving the flags. Yeah, social cool. distancing. It's going to be it's gonna be Dom's Wrigleyville just in his backyard. So the dream has come true. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, let's get you guys out of here like this. I feel like we're getting in a little bit of a better mood. So I want to end on a high note. We're going to see what happens in spring training. We don't know what's going to happen with this team. We hope that they stay healthy. And if they stay healthy, they'll give them a shot at hopefully being successful during the season. Let's just start and end with this. Sean, what is what is the one thing that you are most excited about this Cubs team? It could be a player. It could be a portion of the team. It could be something that you might be seeing happening in the future. It could be something macro, micro. What is it? I guess I'm just a little excited because of the curiousness of it, of just kind of the reinvention of this team. You know, fi- finally kind of letting some guys go like a Schorber and Almora, you know, unfortunately a Johnny Lester and bringing some new guys in. And I just want to see if a little bit of, of chemistry change up in the clubhouse, if, if it does do something different, just a, even a small look, if it changes up this team in any kind of remotely positive way. Spring training is so hard to judge by, right, as far as like players having good springs. For me, like from a certain player, like let me see what a guy does the last 10 days of spring training. And that's how I'll judge that. I don't care if Chris Bryant comes out and has seven bombs the first two weeks. Talk to me about the last 10 days. Let me see who's pitched well, who's hitting well at that point. But for me, just kind of this Jed's in charge now, his fingerprints, and this kind of new reinvention of the Cubs 2021 going forward. Well, I'm excited to watch all the games on the Marquee Network, the finest network on all of Comcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Boog Shami on the call and your feet up on the on the leather couch. Great. Who's not going to like him? I've already signed up for a contest with him. I can't wait to meet him. That's when we um, go back to we go back to improv class right there and just just say and scene, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm an infield guy. I like watching the infield. To me, this is it's even if you take away the hole at second base, which is not really a hole, it's just a hole because you can't pin somebody down every day to play that position. You still get Rizzo, Bryant, and Bias to watch. And if I mean, if you include Contreras behind the plate, that's pretty solid ninety feet all around the diamond. Um, More all stars. That's 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 really cool to watch. Plus, as we talked about earlier, you've got Peterson, Happ, and Hayward in an outfield. That could be exciting. I'd almost say it's exciting to see Kyle Hendricks as an ace. He's certainly earned that role over the last year, despite some consistency on the road, but we'll see, you know, they talked to him on the marquee network and it's just, Kyle, are, are you excited to get the, the ball in game one of the spring training? You excited to be the, the anchor of this rotation? And he's like, yeah, I'm re- you know, I'm really happy and it's going to be a challenge and I'm, I'm really ready to accept it. Are you, are you ready to accept the challenge? Because it seems like a lot of teams put a lot of pressure on their number one guys, but either he's not recognizing the fact or he's just being calm and cool. Um, again, overall, just excited to watch some spring training baseball. Yeah, I'm right there with all you guys. I'm going to get a little bit more individual. You know who I'm excited about? El Mago. Okay. Now last season was really depressing, especially if you're a huge Javi Baez fan, because he reverted back to his rookie season where man, we were texting each other about the shit that he was swinging at, at the plate. He was so lost. It almost felt like at times he couldn't wait for the at bat to get over with. He talked about missing the crowd. He was bitching about how he couldn't look at the TVs and look at the film of the past at bats. It was the season from hell from the guy. 
And he had been on a steady, progressive, incremental progression as it, this major league star, this guy who's going to get this huge contract. And of all the guys we're talking about, the guy that might get the most money from the Cubs when it's all said and done. I'm just so excited to hopefully see this guy getting back to the player that he was which is such an exciting, amazing base runner, defender, a dude that can hit the ball a mile, a dude that cannot do it in unconventional ways with flair and pizzazz, and a guy that can really be a galvanizing catalyst for a team that I think probably needs guys like that right now on this team more than ever, dudes that they can rally around. I'm, I want to see the Javi Baez who's going three for five with two home runs and a double, you know, and just have one of those big, huge nights at the plate. As much as I want to say Rizzo, KB, and Contreras and stuff, I, I, I ho- I'm hoping the best for those guys. But I really think Baez is going to be the key to all of this as to whether we're going to be um, a less than mediocre offense, a mediocre offense, or maybe, I'm not saying a great offense, but maybe a slightly above average offense. I think Javi Baez alone can make that happen. Dom, hop back in. Some guys you talk about like, hey, what's Schwerber going to do today before the game starts? And you could pretty much pin down Maybe he might hit a double in the gap, might have a couple of Ks, probably going to walk once. When you've got a guy like Javi Baez and you say, I have no idea what he's going to do today. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that as disrespect. I mean, like, he's going to make a play where you're like, wow, what? And I elbow Sean and go, I can't wait to see that on the awesome Jumbotron because I have no idea how he backhanded that ball in the hole, threw that guy out by a step and a half and made it look like it was a baby's toy. And keep in mind, he was blowing a bubble the entire time. And look, let's, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I kind of felt like last year, like of all like the everyday kind of core players, if there was kind of one guy, the most to me that kind of had the attitude of like, this season doesn't really count all of my normal things that I do. I can't do. There's no fans, blah, 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 blah. I'm here. Cause I got to be here. It felt like it was hobby. So I think all of that BS will be gone. Now he'll get his full spring training. He'll get to do everything he likes to do because man, I think out of any sport, baseball players are huge, huge creatures of habit. And you take these small things from them. And I don't think we as everyday fans understand how much it actually can affect them. So for him to get the video back, for him to get, hopefully, we don't know just yet, hopefully fans back in the stands, I think Javi will feed off all of that. I think you're spot on. He's going to have a really good year this year and also contract year. And that's, <laughs> and that's the hope, right? Because especially as you mentioned with baseball players, it's a long drawn out process where it isn't really, it is a results-based business, but it is more of like this process that all these yeah. guys go through and they can trust in that. And that, I think that really helps with their psych where, they know that there's 600 at bats to get this thing right. It's not coming down to the 40 or 50 that you just had. You got a chunk more coming up, and everything was protracted last year. And, you know, I think it probably goes beyond the Cubs. You know, there's some guys that had some really bad years, and I think, you know, hopefully that's something that they can turn around. Gentlemen, this was the Chicago Cubs spring training preview. Had to bring in my Cubs consigliaries. Sean Graves, Don Fortini, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining. I cannot wait to bring you back when we actually preview the regular season. We start making some predictions. Will we stick a middle finger up to Pakoda? And, yeah, and <laughs> real predictions that you want to hear about your Chicago Cubs right here on Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joe Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Head to the website or mobile device to get 50% off your first security deposit with BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you so much for listening to the pod. we got plenty more pods coming up this week, so make sure you check it out. Maybe some movies on Decker in the hole. It might get a little fun around here, so make sure you check that. Thank you so much for listening today. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.